Today I spoke with Paul. Paul is a podcasting legend in car detailing. And we had the most incredible conversation about the 80s, the music, the cars, and of course we spoke car detailing. And we actually stumbled onto mental, mental health and it was brilliant. Thoroughly enjoyed it. All of the links to everything that Paul and I discussed will be in the description. I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I loved talking to Paul because we had a great one. One. Good afternoon. Welcome to the David Watson podcast. How are you? Good afternoon, David. Finally, we've uh, we've managed to make technology work for us. <laughs> this is it. So just to give people some reference, we have actually tried to record this already. And uh, and between the two of us, we realise we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> uh, no, no, completely not. My friend Specky McSparrow and I do the uh, podcast every other week. We'll, we'll tell you exactly my knowledge of tech, and it's very, very limited. Uh, but we were plagued by um, Wi-Fi issues, weren't we? So uh, yeah, hence hence why I'm in my garage, which is the most absurd place to be, or otherwise known as the, the Pratt Cove. <laughs> so just like actually that's a good place to start is um tell everybody about uh your podcast with your oh good nice nice plug i like it um so our podcast we me and my friend specky who's a um he's from aberdeenshire he's a fellow youtuber instagrammer um we decided it was something we we wanted to do quite some time ago he wanted to do one and then i, I had an idea in the back of my head to do one and didn't have the balls to do it and we said look why don't we just do it? Let's see how it goes. And it was a bit of a, it was a bit of like a pilot scheme. I think the first one went out, and we thought, do you know what? We really enjoyed that. We really did enjoy it. So let's do another one. And it's kind of just we've got into it now. We've become a little bit more professional. And um, <laughs> the biggest problem is is trying to limit the chat because I tend to go out for about an hour. And last night, was, I think it was an hour and a half. And you know what it's like when you start. And we'd ask the audience, we'd ask people on Instagram for some questions because we had Vicky on from uh, Northern Ireland. And uh, she's a cracking guest. And you know, we all sort of bounced off each other. But the idea, the idea came about purely as a backup for YouTube and something a bit different because not everyone can watch videos. You know, yeah. these things like podcasts and video casts. People can have this playing on in their ears, not actually watch the video. <clears throat> Excuse me, but the podcast is literally just audio and something that we really enjoy. It takes up less time than YouTube, so it's something that we're gonna we're gonna proceed with. I think we're gonna have a little bit of a break. I think before Christmas, and then have maybe two or three weeks off and get back to it. But yes, if anyone wants to find out about the podcast, it's on my Instagram. There's a link underneath. We are if you just search Specky and Paul Talk Detailing on Spotify, you'll find us. And I'll also um, make sure all the links are in the description to both to both you and you. and Specky, so people can just find both both you that way. And which is interesting you say that because I went to see a friend of mine today, Brooksy, who's uh, been on the podcast a couple of times, and he was like, "You and me should do a podcast where you just talk random shit." So that will be coming out at some point. We just got to arrange a day to do it uh, because exactly that. Just uh, screw it, fuck it. We'll just try and talk to each other and see what yeah. happens. And. Another thing, because we're going to get into, obviously, car detailing and how you got into it. Uh, but I want to go back to something that you and I talked about last time, which is basically when time should have stopped, which is the end of 1989, right? Because that's when the good music stopped and the good cars stopped. 
<laughs> there's a few things that followed early into early 90s but it, it really was the, the 80s by far you and i completely agreed was just the greatest decade absolutely yeah i think i was stuck in it's funny because i heard something on a radio broadcast today they were doing guest a year like they do a local radio it's on every day isn't it and our local radio was bbc essex which is mind-numbingly boring at the best of times but this was as soon as this record came on, I knew it, and it was uh, a Duran Duran track, um, and it was Wild Boys, and I just said, yeah, yeah that's 1984, and 1984 yeah. for me, 83, right through up till about possibly 89, was about probably the golden era, and after that, it's not for me, you know, my music selection is fairly limited with the 80s, I mean, it's, it's mainly electronic, poppy, a little bit of rock, then after after that it gets a little bit more obscure but i just think yeah time should have stood still and my son agrees with me as well he thinks that the 80s built the best cars yeah kind of kind of looking wise you know very very good and nice looking cars and a lot more character but to drive them every day yeah maybe not but yeah so i, I am an 80s 80s freak yeah i i mean i, I i'm the same and the thing about the 80s is um i loved all the music everything from abba to tears to fears it, it didn't didn't matter like you say the 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 early soft rock of bon jovi and stuff like that the things that you know were the were the late 80s i i enjoyed all of that yeah. do you know what i mean e even the early house music you know like Yaz and stuff like that yep i've got no problem i loved all of it you know um i, I loved that entire disco era it, it was just amazing you know um but the cars especially because i mean we talked about this last time the Vauxhalls, the Fords, the Volkswagens, yeah. the Renaults, that just it just goes on, I, I, you know, and everything from Cavaliers to Cosworths to Escorts, to my favourite, the Golf GTI, is just, there will never be anything greater to me than a Volk. In, the t in, the, in that time period, there's two cars that one I have owned, the other I never owned, but I wish I had. One is... A Ford XR3i, because it's just, I don't know why, I just think they're the dog's nuts. And the one I did own was a Mark II Golf GTI. And I had Ooh. the eight valve one. And I wouldn't, I never wanted the 16. I had the eight and I loved it. You should have kept it. I've got a friend who's got one. I've got a close friend who's got one and it's his pride and joy. And I think it was a golden era. And I don't yeah. think we're ever going to see those those times again. I mean, especially as we move into hybrid and electric cars as well. You know, the, the government squeeze on people that are driving classic cars is, is getting worse and worse. I mean, my wife drives this 1993 Metro and it's just like, oh, what are we going to do? Are we going to keep this? I'm like, I don't think you'll be able to keep it. You, you yeah. won't be able to afford to run it because they're going to make it so difficult for you to run cars like that because they're not good for the environment. We know they're not. And we, we there's a lot of romance with cars as well because it goes back to things memories you always remember things with with older cars you always go back to whether it was with your your dad or your granddad my yeah. first car was a mark mark one escort and i at the time everyone else had better cars than me and it was kind of embarrassing now you know oh they're like five ten grand for a mark yeah. one score and then and then you start talking about the rs's and mexico's and the rs 1600s it's mortgage figures and i think it's people of our era are the biggest culprits because we'll look back and go i had one of those and i still wish i had one but at the time you wish you couldn't wait to get rid of it because you wanted a newer car it's, yeah. it's a really strange situation because i think i went from a mark one escort to a 1987 white cavalier 
which was my dad's rep mobile when everyone was repping on yeah. the roads. Everyone every, was a every, everyone had company cars, didn't they? That, that if you were ever yeah. a certain era, company car, you knew everybody knew somebody that had a company car and a company fuel card. Yeah, a suitcase and a Sierra. Yeah, that that yeah, definitely. So, but it's true. It's uh, you're right in the sense that people we we always desire to have the next car, but there was a point where I just think that the the, the up to the end of the eighties, possibly the early nineties, and the, the reason I include the early nineties because you had the Astra GTE, which is the one that you and I talked about last time, and that I mm. think is the one with the digital dash, wasn't it? It was like that digital. Yes, dash. I, I had one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was a cracking car, and Ford, uh, sorry, Vauxhall did some great Cavaliers. Yeah, the, the Cavaliers were amazing, and and the Astra GTEs, the GTIs, they they were the SRI range was fantastic. Um, and of course, they did the Lotus Carlton, which was just... yes, yes, that was a, a bit of a, a weapon. I think at the time it hit the headlines, didn't it? Because it was a car that hit hundred eighty, hundred faster than something. yeah, it was faster than a Porsche, wasn't it? Yeah, and the and the police were upset because they couldn't catch it. And I think didn't yeah. Noel Edmonds had one. I swear, Noel Edmonds had one. I don't know, but I remember at the time there was an agreement with manufacturers, weren't they, to limit cars to one hundred and fifty-five? And Vauxhall oh. came along with that cult and were like, "No, screw that. We're just going to let this yeah. one go." Go. Didn't, <laughs> we didn't get that memo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, <laughs> and and just think they did that like with late nineteen eighties disc brakes. <laughs> this, this thing will go quicker than anything. But you ain't stopping in a hurry. No, no, that's that's where technology has moved on, and and thank the thank the Lord it has, to be honest with you, because yeah, um, yeah that was something. Airbags? Who needs airbags? No. <laughs> my wife always says that. My wife says this this car's not got airbags. I'm like, it's not going to reach to any speed where you're going to hurt. No. Touch wood. Yeah, yeah. Touch wood. <laughs> it's a metro. <laughs> so I mean, and that yeah, there's. But we were also, we were going on about music and stuff. Do you actually have a public Spotify playlist? Because you... No, um, I should have, because somebody's mentioned this because I put so much out on my Instagram yeah. stories. It always, it's always 80s music. I should get one together, really. It's something I should do and make public because I do listen to an awful lot of 80s. And it's funny because my, my sister always... My sister's a little bit of an age gap to me and my sister, and she... She won't even talk about the eighties. She won't. Oh no! Oh no! It's like naff, you know. It's like a yeah. Yeah. Talk to other people, and it's like I mean, we're going to see Martin Kemp next year. He's doing like a DJ set, but it's like with the eighties music. And we've just booked up to see Duran Duran, and mm. I've been a huge Duran Duran fan for years. And now they've got the fortieth anniversary. We're off to Hyde Park next year, and I'm really proud to say I'm going because I still think they make incredible music. Um, but yeah, I should get some sort of a playlist on Spotify. Yeah, good shout. I'll put that in my I, notes. You should. You definitely should get out a little public. Because like I said, I, I've mm. listened to you on Instagram. And I think the last time i seen you with music, you were doing Manic Street Preachers. You was, yes. Did yeah. you know I mean? I listen, well, I listen to music when I'm editing, funny enough, because a lot of my, my editing is done without talking. It's only the intro and the outro. Then I do the voiceover separately. And then basically I'll play background music. I have a, a music um, sent to me by a guy called Stu Preston. He's actually he's a music producer. And I, I almost pay him like a, a subsidy every month, a bit like Spotify. But he'll say, well, what sort of music do you want? And I'll say, well, I want this, I want dramatic, I want Christmas music, I want this, you know, spooky music to go with this video. And he'll just write 
music for me and, and send it. And then I'd never reject any tracks. It's very rarely I reject it. Yeah. And so music is a massive part of my life anyway. We've always got music on in the house. Even though I work shifts, it's the first thing I do is put the radio on in the morning or in the afternoon. Yeah, it's, it's, I think you need music in your life. Yeah, de- definitely. Funny enough, I, I can take or leave music most of the time. Oh, no, I've got to. I've got to. Yeah. I've got to have music. Yeah, yeah. I'm much yeah. more of a uh, like in the car. I'll more often not listen to podcasts or audiobooks. Um, but then I can then go on music binges. Yeah. I think the problem is with radio, especially commercial radio. I mean, uh, certain DJs I can listen to on radio too because I'm that age, that age. And um, <laughs> local radio, I can't really listen to it. It's just awful to be honest mm. because there's too many adverts and i know what you mean i got into podcasts before doing podcasts yeah same as and i was listening i was listening to ross kemp um who i find really good more recently rob bryden's like listening to him and he's really good as well and i just think it's it, it's it just draws you in and you you still you're driving your car but you're listening at the same time and still concentrating and it, it's it just makes journeys go really quick um mm. we played one in the house the other day and it was a ross kemp one and then my wife liked it, so that's saying something. Yeah, but they they also help me feel smart about myself, like I'm listening to culture, you know something. I because I can't do art and things like that. So, but I listen to these, and I I come away thinking I just learned something I didn't know. Yeah, and then I'll nice. dro- I'll yeah. drop it into a conversation somewhere, like randomly try. I'll be desperate for a week to drop drop something into a conversation, so I can just sort of sit. I'm not trying to be smug. I'm just trying to feel good about me. I feel smart now. I feel like I've shared something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so precisely. You said something there, actually, because this is something I learned like, when we spoke last time, is you have a full-time job. I do have a full-time job, um, and the reason I'm late for this Zoom call is because I'm on days, which is very unusual. Um, you and I are both shift workers, and yeah. I've been on the railway for 19 years. Um, work, I work for Network Rail. I'm a full-time welder, weld inspector, um i look after all their crossings and not the entire patch obviously we'll work the east anglia region um so i'm from essex in case you haven't guessed so we, we cover essex suffolk um so as far as as far as london bound we go is chelmsford and then the other way we go right to cromer and right the north norfolk coast yeah i've been doing that for 19 years and everything else people keep, keep thinking they said oh well, we didn't realize we thought you were just a, a detailer we thought you were a valetor we thought you did it full time i'm like no no this is this is this is part time this is just a part it's a part time <laughs> obsession yeah yeah oh, oh definitely yeah it is a huge part of my life i mean if i if i think there is every week because one week i'll be doing a podcast which is detailing car related car care and then the following week i'll be editing a video or the week, week after so it is 24 7 and i try and cut this part of my life life off to my wife because she, the poor woman has to tolerate all this all the time and it, I, don't, I know she's interested in part of it and she does get involved you know she'll have friends and we you know get customers that know some of her friends and we've met people through doing what i'm doing so there is that connection and she supports what I do, but I wouldn't sit there and start talking about products all night. Cause I should just, should just go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's a massive, massive part of my life. And it's a huge part of um, mental health as well. Definitely. How, how so in mental health? 
I think the people we relate to, especially this year and also since since lockdown, we've had messages. Um, I've certainly had messages from individuals saying it's really helped out with their mental health. They've got into car care because they've been furloughed and have been at home. Yeah, they started looking after their car in a much more in depth way. Um, and then watching some of the videos, some of the older videos as well, some of the tutorials, listening to the podcast, um, and then got into it. We had a message, me and my my well, the host, um, Specky, he said, Did you get this message? I said, Yeah, I just got it. And it was from a driver. And he'd been doing this long drive and he said, I've been listening to you guys and I just got into it. He said, Oh, it's brilliant. He said, It's fantastic. It's really helped me. He said, Because a lot of people have very solitary jobs. So yep. car detailing in itself is very solitary. Being stuck in a workshop with a, you and you talking to a car all day can be very mind-numbing. I don't think I could do it all the time. Um, besides the physicalities of it, it's, it's extremely exhausting doing it anyway. But I think we've helped a lot of people just deviate from everyday life and to get into a hobby that's accessible by, by everybody, to be honest with you. Um and I think that's helped a lot of people. And it's surprising. I've had really good feedback this year, which has been really good. Um, more on the podcast, not quite so much with the video, but they have related to it um, and, and listening to us as well. Quite um, calming, I think, is the word. There is something strange, because I've watched like several of your um, detailing videos, and there is something just weird about watching somebody clean a car. They're just, mm. it's like, eh. and you'll sit there before you know it, you've spent 15 minutes watching you clean and rinse and polish a car, and you're just like, yeah, wow, oh, look, there's another one. <laughs> yeah, watching some bald bloke from Essex talk, <laughs> talk, talk, talk complete willy dribble for about half an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny because my wife always says, she said, I, I don't understand. She said, how can you make another video about how to clean a car? I said, it's not kind of how it works it's different products different ways yeah. Just, yeah but surely somebody's seen you do it before i'm like yeah but there's new people that want to see it people <laughs> but that, that's not the point know. yeah that isn't the point yeah it's, it's like it's like doing having a cooking show isn't it but they've yeah. obviously seen you cook before but you know, it's yeah. a different recipe this week kind yeah of, that, that's yeah. it but it, it's it's funny because as, as you know um because shout out to maz from garish therapy who did the initial yes. uh, introduction for, for us yeah yes. um like I, as I was growing up through through the, the the ages, so to speak, car cleaning consisted of like the first time you ever cleaned a car, it was a bucket and washing up liquid. That 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 was that was it. And yeah. then if if you knew anything about cars, you went down to the local car shop. At that time, my budget was turtle wax. Everybody's everyone's dad seemed to have a uh, a bottle of teacup, which was a given. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and I never touched Auto Glim because it was out of my price range back then. Because Auto Glim was a, pro, a posh product. Do you know what I mean? So so yeah, if it you, was. If if you had Auto Glim, you probably had a rep car as well. Do you know what I mean? You were a middle class man. Yeah. You know? yeah an SRI, probably a white one with red stripes. Yeah, well, that's right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's exactly what you had. You know, because you know, and that's kind of and then like I said, I. Got my uh, like now we jump up because I've you know people that know me I had like a couple of Volkswagen T4 vans I'd converted into camper vans because I was into surfing and stuff. I never washed them ever. The only things I washed was the lights and the number plates, so I didn't get pulled over. Oh, sacrilege! Yeah, yeah, couldn't give a shit about them. Do you know what I mean they were they had a purpose, and that purpose was 
to keep going forward unless I needed to go in reverse and to stop when yeah. when required. Outside of that, I didn't care if I dinged them, scratched them, nothing. And when, do you know, like, like, cause I live in Wiltshire, so there's a few country lanes. No, I'd mount the bank, scrape the entire side down. Didn't care, just care on driving. Do you know what I mean? So I had no interest. Ooh. So then, and but this is a funny thing. I, I got rid of one TT, got another, treated that exactly the same. And Volkswagen T4 owners would be like, just, they've, they've switched off now. They're like, I'm not listening to guys a prick. <laughs> and then I'll jump from a T4 to a TT. <laughs> so van to a TT. As soon as I got the TT, I was just like, you're going to have to adopt a change of attitude here, Mr. Watson. We, we can't, yeah. you can't do this. And that's when... Um, I then kind of, I, I went down the local shop, had a look, car shampoos, stuff like that. No idea what I was doing. And then um, there's a local guy called Liam, who's LB Details. And I just contacted him, like, just a bit cheeky, like, yeah, how much is it, you know, to have the car detailed? And he was just like, like a hundred and something quid. And I thought, I'll give it a go, see what it's like. Damn, that car had looked better than when I picked it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was two and a half years old when I got it, so I should clarify. But it did come from a, a dealership, you know. And I was just like, damn, he steam cleaned, he did everything. And I was just like, so that's now part of my three to four months maintenance pack. <laughs> and then I was just like, um, how do I keep it clean? You know, and I'm all shy because I clearly haven't got a clue what I'm talking about. And he recommended garage therapy, one shampoo. And that's kind of, that's where I've stuck. Just like, because I can't replicate what Liam does. Yeah, it's not, it's not a bad shout. It's not a bad thing. I mean, most of it is sat on the shelf here next to me. Um, it's a good way to get into it, to be honest with you. Mm. Seeing a professional do do that, and a lot of the time I get asked, "How do I keep it clean after you you've been and done this treatment, whatever I've done?" And I spoke to a customer um, two weeks ago, and I've got to do a Ford C Max. It's like a daily, and it's not been touched. It's dog hair. It's a gun dog mobile, yeah. and um, and she was saying the wife was saying that it's, it's always kept clean, but since you've done it, it's easier to keep clean. Yeah. Yeah, it's the whole idea because we kind of we detail cars not to detail cars because we want to keep them clean so we don't have to clean them it's a very very strange industry because we're doing stuff all the time testing stuff religiously regardless of it, some weeks it doesn't really need cleaning but when you you've got your own car and you've got a selection of stuff you'll do it maybe once a month but you'll find you don't have to do it quite so much because you've got protection on the clear coat and yada, yada, yada. So that's the whole idea behind it is to get it looking as pristine as possible and let it keep looking like that as well. And also it retains the residual value as well. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, there's two sections of society. There's a, the section which is really stinking rich, which I just go and, you know what, it's, it's coming off lease or I'm getting rid of the Porsche or the Ferrari or the BMW and get another one it doesn't make any difference to him but there is the other guy the working guy on the street who will save up really really hard and he will cherish that car until the wheels fall off you know yeah there's a there's different sections of people but yeah it's interesting you went from a camper van to a tt i find that that's a drastic change so what that to do with is um and this is actually this is could potentially be useful for mental health as well actually because uh, i do do a lot of mental health work so coach and mentor people um and as, as you as you know i did these daily videos about mental health and so the thing about the camper and the, the the volkswagen camper van is i got into surfing with my friends 
and it's a, it's a mixture of midlife crisis but not like in the stereotype way but i was kind of floundering about in my life about who am i what do i do you know like you were saying about i'm in an hour and about doing a podcast i had the same thing and you just like do you know what the, these little things that you want to do you have to go and do them and not worry about if they're going to work out all right absolutely because what we tend to do is procrastinate, think it's not going to be worth the investment and then never do it. And we kind of, you end up building this cycle of regrets that just keeps something mm -hmm. else will take. And this is kind of, so I bought a van because, actually because of an ex-girlfriend, because she'd said I couldn't have one when I was with her. And I was just like, when we split up, I kind of just bought my first T4 just because I just wanted one. But I'd wanted a camper as a, as a teenager. And again, I, was, I got into a long-term relationship with somebody. She was just like, you're not having one. They're impractical. And I should have just done it because we broke up anyway. <laughs> so yeah. do you know what I mean? You should have just, I should have just got the van and seen whether I really liked it because that relationship yeah. never worked out. But that relationship may have or may not have worked out on the basis of me doing what I wanted. So, so like spring forward 20-odd years, and I still want to own a van because I'd never owned one. So I got hold of a Volkswagen T4, uh, had a knackered engine. I got all of that sorted. And then I kitted it out as a camper inside. At that point, I should have realised, I did realise, actually, this isn't as much fun as I thought it was going to be. But again, I kind of didn't, I wasn't being honest with myself. And what I should have done is then got rid of that and gone and got like a, a Golf GTI again or a TT. I should have done because actually at heart, I'm a boy racer. I'm a, I'm a dickhead at heart in a car and I love it. Do you know what I mean? That, that is who I am. And it's, but what I did was thought what I need is a, a different T4 with a bigger engine and I'll could do another conversion because I like pissing money up against the wall. And it just, and I'd built another, I did another conversion and spent another few grand doing that. And it was just like, turns out I still don't like them. And that's right, because <laughs> nothing's changed. You didn't like the first one. And at that oh, point, so, so what I did in the first lockdown, I was having another set of mechanical problems like you do with 20 year old vans, your daily drivers. And the fuel pipes went, I thought, right, fuck it, replace, uh, fix the uh, fuel pipes at the front and just sold it for a grand. First person that came along just took it for a grand. It was worth about three. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It had oh. solar panels, the lot. It was completely kitted out inside. I just, had, but I had to get rid of it. And then once I got rid of it, I was like, right, you don't have a car now. Luckily, my sister was furloughed, so I borrowed her, her car. And I was just like, right, now you better figure out what you want to do. And I kept itching and itching, and I looked at all sorts, but I kept going back to Audi TTs, and then I found one. And I, saw, and I just messaged a guy with a little cheeky offer, which is like about a grand, grand and a half less. It was a grand less than he had it up for. You, you know? got but, it. Yeah. I, I, well, he said, I can't do it for that price, but he did it for 16 and a half, including <coughs> delivery from a place just outside Colchester, down to Wiltshire. Ah, all right. But he delivered it on the grounds of... Because obviously I couldn't come and look at it because of lockdown. So he delivered it and he's like, and I put a deposit down. And he's just like, and I paid 16 and a half for it at 2017 at the time. And he said, like, you, 
if unless you can find anything wrong with it, you agree to buy it. He said, so if you t if it turns up and you don't like it, you're still buying it. I said, yeah, no worries. Wow, that's quite a game. Turned, but but he, he's going to deliver it on the back of a fatbed in the middle of lockdown, and I can't really get... Because if you work it out, by the time you get up there and come back down and get up there, you know, you're spending the, a few hundred quid anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Still... It's a completely stupid gamble, but sometimes that's life, isn't it? Well, but yeah, I, I, yeah I've that's true. I've never been disappointed. I, the, it, it, it come up the road... On the back of this flatbed, I was just like, shit, I've just bought a TT and I hadn't even test driven it. And I was just like, that is gorgeous. I love it. And and I, I've never lost that feeling and I've had it nearly two years now. Job done. You know, and but it's that going and that's when I then like start getting into cleaning it, detailing it. And like yeah, I say, it's that so mental true. health. So now I look ahead every week to see if I'm going to have a few days of it not raining. And if it's not going to rain, yeah. it could be dry. I'll wash it. I'll wash it and completely hoover it out. Because I've suddenly, I'm really proud of something that I own and that I love. And I want it to, honestly, I want it to always look good. And that's because of yeah. car, car detailing. So I completely get people who say it changed their mental health because it did mine. It's, it actually changes you in a way that it's methodical as well. There is, mm. there is stages to it, as you've probably seen on the videos. And I think that makes you a bit more... I wouldn't say military, the way you think, but it does certainly make you think a bit more um, in a methodical manner in how you do things and a bit more common sense approach because most of it is common sense. It's not, there's no witchcraft in it. It's not, no. you know, these, these chemicals, you don't just throw them on the car and then there's suddenly the car's blinging like that. It doesn't work like that. And you do get into the tools and the accessories and everything else. And you start getting like the racking systems and everything has to go back where it is. It's quite funny because my wife will say, how comes you can fold all the microfiber towels, but you can't put your socks away? Like, it's true, mm, though. It, yeah, it's it's I true. I, I can't really answer that because it no. is true because I'm, I'm so methodical about all this, although none of this is really in any order because it gets moved around every week. Um, but I will like worry if I drop a towel on the floor. It's like one of my babies. It's got to go to wash quick. But that's and, it. And I, have, I have microfiber cloths for washing and I have microfiber cloths for wiping down. They never, they never cross over. No, no. You know I mean? you and the funny thing have. is, they're all blue, and I still know which ones are which. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't got a clue. Mine are colour coded, but I'm like, hang on, I can't remember which one I picked up for the glass. Which one was the body? I can't remember. But I know where the wheel ones are. I know exactly where the, the crummy ones are. I've got a bag of not so good cloths, and then I've got a box up there and some more down there in a bag. So I know exactly where they all are. They're all folded. And they all come, most of them come from the same company as well, so I know pretty yeah. much which ones are which. So, yeah, quite handy. So how did you get into the hobby of detailing? Um, from a friend. Um, one of my friends, he actually he actually used to work in a local electrical shop on, the, um, on Mersey Island where I live in Essex, and I went to school with him. And he, he's always had nice cars. He had like a, a Honda Civic Type R, then he had a Subaru Impreza. He had a couple of Subaru Imprezas, actually. And I think it was the blue one he had, the Hawkeye one. Um, he started getting into machine polishing and he started really getting into it. And I said, oh, what's, what's that? And he said, oh, it's car detailing. I said, what are you on about detailing? And he, we had a chat about it. And he said, oh, yeah, you want to start getting some bits and pieces, try on your car. And a guy, funny enough, a guy at work had been doing a few bits and pieces. And he said, yeah, yeah, you'll love it, Paul. And I literally just started like that. And I bought a clay bar kit. I borrowed a machine polisher from a guy at work, taught myself how to use a machine polisher, watched loads and loads of videos, which everybody does. 
and I literally just got addicted to it. It was awful. I'd still be out there at six o'clock at night in the summer months. It was like getting dark, still be doing stuff. And the neighbours were going, Paul, your car looks like glass. What have you been doing? And I was like, oh, yes, yeah, this, that and the other. And then it, it got really addictive. It's just a hobby. That's how it started out. It literally started out as a hobby. And then I started doing other people's cars. Everything else came after. The social media and everything else all came after. Purely and simply because I was into what I was into. It's crazy how that that happens, though, isn't it? Because it's... Mm. And, and that was, what, about 14, 15 years ago? Yeah, I'd say, I mean, YouTube... I started doing cars 14, 15 years ago, possibly, yeah, they're around 14, 15 years. And then YouTube started five, six years ago, along with Instagram and Twitter. Twitter didn't really do a lot to share the videos, but it was more the Instagram, which where the product reviewing came in. And it went hand in hand with the reviews for YouTube because it was the biggest platform at the time to get videos out. And I didn't actually intend in doing youtube i was putting really short videos out on instagram really short i would literally hold my works phone like that and just do a quick chatty bit and then a guy said um to me one of my friends said paul you why don't you start youtube oh i don't know if i can and i was really really nervous i was awful <laughs> and it, it has really boosted my confidence because it does boost your confidence yeah. if you can stand in the street and talk to a camera lens with people walking around you then the a, there must be something wrong with you. And, yeah. And B, you must have balls like balls of steel <laughs> and rhino skin, which is me all over, to be honest with you. Um, but that. But the yeah, wife loves you anyway. <laughs> yes. Yes, of course she does. She, well, it's funny because in the beginning, um, I, it took an awful lot of time up because the editing was taking forever and I was, I was never very good at it. And more recently, and I have to thank Specky for this because he's always coached me with editing and, and then I've been self-taught and made you only learn by your mistakes anyway mm. you know you'll you'll do a video and you think well, where the hell did that come from and why is there not no talking there and why have I got a black screen and all the rest of it yeah and that always came later um the social media <laughs> um, part um but I was you know looking when we were talking about earlier about doing things you just think sod it I'm going to do it I was 45 and I thought you know what if I don't do it now I can't really start it at 50, so I, I did, and I'm 51 next year and haven't really looked back, to be honest with you. It's been it's, a brilliant, it's been the best, best thing ever. It is, isn't it? It's, it's funny, because like you say, it's, it's, I didn't know how to do anything to do with podcasts. I didn't, and uh, a guy called Carlton, who, uh, Brunton Media, who's a friend of mine, I <clears throat> was talking to him about it, and I'd arranged to do a podcast with my therapist because it came up in a session. I was like, do you know, I've just, I've been wanting to do one of these for a few years now, and I've not done it, so... I'm just going to do it and you're going to be my first guest. So she was like, yeah, okay. And I was talking to my friend Carlton. I said, yeah, so I've arranged to do this, but he said, you can't do a podcast like that. It's not going to work. I said, yeah, I'll just, just record it on Zoom. So he said, no, it doesn't work like that. He said, it won't last long enough. And I was like, yeah. oh, shit. And this was like four days to go. And he, I was like, what are we going to do? And because he, and he's like into all of the computers and stuff, like he just um, said, right, on the phone, he just download this. And he did a YouTube tutorial whilst talking to me, uploaded it, and then said, now watch this, because I've just talked to you for everything you need to do and set it all up for you. And I was doing it wow. live and then watched it all back. And I was just like, all right, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I've done all that. Done all that. So now all I have to do is start record, stop record. And, and, and that's, do you know what I mean? But it was just sheer chance that I was talking to somebody about it who does podcasts. And he was like, yeah, you can't do it like that. 
and obviously he knows me so he's sympathetic to my technological needs and um just did it and i was just like ah oh. and I've, like you i've never looked at and the funny thing is like you were saying i was sh i shit myself every time i reach out to somebody like you you were a complete stranger and it's just like hello mate you don't know me but i was talking to maz at garage therapy and he said you might be up for a podcast do you want to come on the podcast and you're like yeah love to and then you just randomly risk the fact that the two of you won't shut up for an hour and a bit. <laughs> it's funny because I'm sitting in exactly the same place where I shot my first video. I shot one indoors in here with a headlight on my head and a mobile phone and an eBay mic. And that's how I did my first video. And then I bought an action camera and then the action camera, somebody said to me, oh, I can't really watch you on fish, fish eye anymore, Paul. It's getting a bit tame, you know? So I sort of, doll sort of went head first and bought a dslr didn't have a clue how to use a dslr camera my dad sort of showed me some basics and i started watching countless photography videos and video um work how to use a dslr with youtube how to set it up how to set your ratios your aspect ratios you know contrast all the rest of it and really got into it big time and that helped with photography as well so that really helps and people are like saying well, you don't really take any pictures with your camera you're just always using it for video i do that actually take pictures so i take the camera on holiday and i did think at one point why didn't i just buy a video camera so i just could have gone Bop. yeah <laughs> just, just spoke in front of me and just gone took the sd card out and be done with it oh no far too easy far too easy do it the hard way paul why don't you see but you see but i it, i wouldn't know that i now know that when i decide to improve my podcast who i'm going to talk to well done. You've volunteered yourself. <laughs> I'm I'm terrible for gadgets and all. We're we're terrible for um. I don't know if I see something, I think, oh, that's good. I won't go. Oh, that's a three grand camera. I'll go and buy it because I've said to other people that do YouTube that it's the camera isn't everything. It's the content. Content is king. They always say that on YouTube. You can record something on a, a NAF mobile phone and it can get like twelve million views. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't make any. It doesn't make any difference. I've proved it um with videos um some of my biggest videos have been shot on an action camera which is crazy um it's how you how you do it how you, it's the information you give it over is, as well it is content because like, like you're saying it's the just detailing because like i said at the beginning when when detailing first i mean when did it even become a thing like i said i i mean i worked in the car trade years and years ago and validators were kind of they they were a specialist trade and everything mm. was commercial grade. And then I remember a period, because I do remember Valor as like a good Valor was well-respected in the car trade, you know, and he had his buffing tools and he'd get all the, the spinny bits out and everything and all the machine wax yeah. and stuff like that. But it was like, you know, you also heard horror stories where people got the old machine waxer and just buffed down into the, into the undercoat. And you're like, what are you doing? You know, and went to yeah. course and stuff like that. And, and then there was a period where I'd left the car trade and people started getting into clays and like looking at details and measuring paint thickness and stuff like that. Mm. And, and then, and I've sort of kept away from that stuck with washing up liquid naturally and, or just not washing. And then the next thing I know, there's companies like Garage Therapy. Now, I'm not just going to keep banging on about them because I just, I just don't know any other companies. Do you know what I mean? And that just happened to be the one that I got introduced to. And, yeah, it does what I need it to do. So who was the first 
company that gave you something actually said reached out to you and said we'd like you to review oh. our product um I, that's, I can't find the original one there's, there's two companies in fact this this is well alan is a close friend now um it was it was funny because it was it happened by accident um i bought a product yeah, it's actually buried down here somewhere i can't find it but, um, by this company called am details um alan up in scotland and something went wrong with the receipt or something i can't remember what it was or with the purchase and he ended up ringing me up and he said oh it's alan from our own details and we got talking on the phone and this is a true story and we were talking about it and i said i'm thinking about reviewing it he goes yeah yeah do it he said put it on instagram and um i said no but i'm thinking about putting it on um, youtube and it was one of the i think it was like the third video i did second or third video but that was when it became really serious because the first two were like trials and it was auto glands as well they're, they're a huge company and they auto glands and am details started sending me bits and pieces and it, it kind of snowballed with some of the smaller brands and it was at the time i thought i don't know if i'm doing the right thing because most people that were big on youtube were doing things like auto glib like this yeah. you know not this particular product but this particular brand they were you know doing this because they knew that people would watch it and search it because i was unaware of youtube searches and google searches at the time so i was i thought i was making decent content so they were getting some decent views but it was literally a conversation on the phone and and they said well you know we'll send you a few bits and pieces and in the end i've ended up doing their entire range and still get stuff from from alan and all the other different brands and it's it's kind of turned over now where i i get products sent to me by the same manufacturers if they're going to develop a product they want to know what i think they value my opinion which is incredible um including gary therapy uh, and numerous other brands and they will say paul you know we're thinking about doing this what do you think honest opinions just tell us don't worry about if we do, you don't like it it's not yeah. about that we we need your opinion and i got to learn just by using stuff even off camera how things worked and how they should be used and it really went from there. So it, it kind of, um, I was doing it before YouTube. So it, it, oh, six, seven years ago, I was actually really serious about the products. And I, I didn't even know this, but somebody told me that I'd become known as, as the product guy. And I didn't even know that. Somebody said, oh, Paul, you're the product guy. You're the guy that tests products. And I'm like, oh, am I? I didn't know that. I've probably got a few more nicknames, but some I can't broadcast. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it did happen purely by con uh, a conversation and social media. Social media was very, very heavily into um, Instagram. It was constant direct messages from companies. Well, I used I, to get two or, two or three a week, easy. Yeah, because I recently was watching, I'm going to screw up his name now, I think it's OCD Details. Um, OCD. Is it OCD Details? If I've screwed it oh, up. Oh, it could be, could be Martin. Obsessive car detail and Martin. That's it. Yeah, because he oh, mentioned you. Yeah, he mentioned you. Yeah. On, on his. Guy. Yeah, yes. he mentioned you and your gigantic hands is the one I said. Yes. And he was on the, about. Ed, he was. Ed was yeah. shovel fingers, as I call them. Yeah. Yeah, he, and he was talking about a glove that he was trying out for somebody or a mitt, I think. It, and he was like, it, it doesn't suit me because my hands are too small. He said, but Paul Holden, he'll be fine with this. <laughs> Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's always mentioning me. He's um, I've met him at a car show. He's about this high. You're, but you're six foot five, aren't you? 
Yeah, I'm just under six foot five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's quite. It's 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 one of the strangest conversations I've had with people when we because Waxstock was postponed. Waxstock is the the biggest um, show, um, I believe, in Europe. Was it the world? Yeah. I don't know, but it's it's held in uh, Coventry at the Ryko Centre, and um, we've I've been a couple of times, and it's, it's an incredible event. And people were coming up to me going, "Oh, you you don't look that tall in your videos." I'm like, "No, because I've got a camera tripod." <laughs> and it's at full extension. I know, standing up in my garage. Yeah. I didn't think you were that tall. Mm, yeah. No, I'm this tall. Yeah. I've got yeah. flip flops on. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you, I take it as we go out of lockdown and stuff, are you, do you think you're going to start doing some car shows or do you do them already? I, it's a really good question, this. So, many moons ago when I first started doing this, um, Another company I got involved with is um, a guy called Jamie Hines, and he runs a company called Details Passions. And there's his bucket sat behind me. Um, but he's not as busy as he was because he runs two separate businesses. Um, we're going to get him on the podcast. He's actually a boat detailer. He 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 does yacht detailing, believe it or not. That's his main business. And we were doing actual car shows, so we'd take the products to car shows. We have a huge inflatable, like a giant dome um stand it's fantastic um he always does such stuff that's funky and different we've got these screens we have up and all that sort of stuff and we do do car shows and i will sell the products to people so i get to meet the public and yeah. and sell stuff to people so i know about the products because i've used them so what better person to sell them someone actually uses them so we do shows like that regarding other shows i will go to probably car meetings every now and again when i've got time um, but the the main show is only once a year, sadly, and that's um, the Waxstock event, and that should be going ahead next year. And the plan is we're going to do a live broadcast from the show, and have maybe a Q and A, and then um, do the do two days there, do do the whole event. So that's the plan. Is that you and Specky or you and Martin? That is, yeah, yeah. Me and no, me and Specky. Um, Specky lives up in Aberdeenshire, so he's miles away. And and the plan is to to book the hotel and stay down there. And then we're going to somehow do a, a live podcast. I think there's some equipment we've got to get before we do it. But and then we might go on stage. I'm not too sure, but yeah, that's that'd that's be what good. The plan isn't that'd yeah, be good. Yeah, because he says to me, he said, "Well." I'm just going to freeze. He said, I can't, I'm not going to talk in front of people. He said, you'll be different. I said, what are you trying to say? He goes, well, you'll talk to anybody. He goes, you'll just stand there and just own the stage. I said, mm, don't know about that, but um, it will be nice to, because I've, I've video, I've vlogged it, I've put it on YouTube. I've done done it twice, but it's such hard work and it, you miss people and you don't get to talk to people because the reason I go is to talk to people yeah. and buy, get a few cheeky products, buy a few products, meet the brands in person because you only get to meet people via a text or an email or a DM. So you don't like it's great that we can see each yeah. other and talk because it, it becomes a little bit impersonal. If it's just you're dealing with a brand over seven amounts of years and they're sending you stuff and you don't actually physically get to meet them. Um I mean I get, it's really nice because I get Christmas cards and stuff from brands I've dealt with for years and I get thanks and things. I also get stuff sent through and people are like, oh, here comes the bribe, you know. It's a bottle of vodka. <laughs> it's, it's a bottle of cigars for another video. And it's, it's not that at all. I actually do get some really lovely letters um, yeah. detailed online. Um, another really good brand. They've sent me letters and stuff and saying we love what you do. love that you support the UK detail industry because I'm a huge fan of obviously small business and, and that sort of thing. So it is nice. But, yeah, that's that's 
hopefully the plan fingers crossed next year that'd be a good laugh yeah that'd be good you'll have to um we'll have to stay in touch on that because uh even if i can't Definitely, get up yeah. if i can't get up there i'll still make sure i shout out on all the social media platforms for, for other people yeah, yeah thank you appreciate that it's a good point that you make about it's easy to be cynical but as somebody that like has a history with the the, the volkswagen kind of the guys and how passionate they are um detailing is the same feeling it is there's something about cars and whether you're into your fords fast fords whether you're into your volkswagen camper vans um your um like the, you've got the japanese guys you've got the subaru guys the, for, for every manufacturer there there, there is a you know whether, the, whether it's the 80s cars the 60s the 70s or the 90s it, it, it doesn't matter we all kind of share this passion and it's very easy like you say to people get cynical about are oh, you getting this you're getting that no, no. The great thing about like, and I got this especially when I was talking to Maz, and I know it's the same for everybody, is they love their products. So when they say we want an honest review, that's because they mm -hmm. don't want to put anything out that's shit. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one thing about being a reviewer. Don't. Lots of people will go into being a reviewer because they go, "Oh, good. I got lots of free stuff. It's brilliant. Don't get me wrong. This is incredible. This is yeah. just like Christmas every day. It's mad." But you've got a job to do, and that is to make a video and spend two days, first day shooting video, and then the second day editing and, and sharing your thoughts, honest opinion, and obviously camera gear stuff costs money, sound equipment, PCs, yeah, and that's that's a huge that's a huge responsibility. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is, and it, there's certain things you can say, and they may ruin that business. They could be really derogatory. They could be very underhanded. But you've you've got to that's the skill in it. You've got to be, you've got to, it's no good you coming on camera and just like picking up a product and just going, yeah, it's really great. This is brilliant. Yeah, we love it. And just going, because people are just going to go, mm, it's kind of not really enough for me just because he's saying that because he's just been sent it. So you have to be very, very almost technical about every single product. And that's where the skill it sort of comes in. And it is a skill and you kind of learn it. And I'm still not, 100% sure I'm that great at it but people tend to watch the videos um, some do really well some not so well um, but it, it, it's there to serve a purpose to help people as well to guide them and hopefully save them some money as well well because you did I watched one recently and again my memory is lack but it was um, you were testing a power washer and the different heads and yes. the different hoses it's sat behind me yeah yeah and you just yeah. like you sat there because it's like you changed the hoses and you changed the heads and all of that for different things. And it's just like, and I think they originally sent you a hose or there was something wrong with the hose. So they sent you an upgraded hose or something like that. And that's just like, yeah, they sent, um, so big boy washer, big boy washer art originally comes from, I think they're made in China. They're shipped to Australia. They're then branded in Australia. Then they're sent to the, all over the UK and all over the world. And I had to wait for this pressure washer. And it was from the guys at Ultimate Finish, which is a UK-based detailing product manufacturer and distributor. Huge, huge website. And um, they sent this machine down. And the detailing industry or the enthusiast market is very, very clicky. You'll get people literally write something off. You know, other people go, oh, wow. Oh, I've not seen that before. Oh, how much is it? Oh, good. This could be a contender because they, they get very much stuck in their ways. It's, it's a bit mm. like a golfer using the same golf clubs every single week and they'll only yeah. use a tightless ball or they'll only use a certain club. It's that sort of thing. And they're very much, they, they don't like change. 
So so they sent this machine down and I did this video and it got a really good response, really, really good. And then they messaged me again and said, Paul, look, we've got this upgrade pack. We know you like the one you've got, but this is the upgrade. This is aimed at the more of the commercial sector. It's actually called a commercial hose upgrade, funny enough. And they said, the only thing is, it's quite expensive. And I was like, how, how expensive is it? And they told me the price. I'm like, mm, yeah, that is quite expensive. But then I started looked into it and read how much it was to upgrade your own pressure wash. And I thought, actually, that's not that bad. And since then, it's got, uh, well, at the time us recording this, it's on 104,000 views. Oh, so yeah. it, it it's done really well. The interaction has been insane. Um the pressure washer video has done about 20 odd thousand, I think 25,000 views. But the actual upgrade part, which I thought was going to dive bomb, has done really well. So, very strange. But um, yeah, they, they've, I've kept, um, I've used this quite a lot. I've got, um, Specky will laugh at this because he thinks I've got 12 machines. I haven't. I've got four. Uh, one which I haven't tested yet, which is because a Chinese company reached out to me through Amazon and they yeah. said, Do you want to test our pressure washer? And I said, mm, Okay. So, they sent me a link. That link wasn't available in the UK. It was only available in the US. So I said, right, okay, it's not available in the US. They sent me another one which looked completely different. And I looked at it and I thought, I've got to be honest, it's, it doesn't look great. It's it's kind of like AliExpress night, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not good. I opened it up. When I we all know what that means, don't we? Yeah, and I just thought, oh, my God, this is... Right, so I emailed them back. <clears throat> Two bits, I think one bit was missing, one bit was broke emailed them back they said okay we'll send you another one so i then told my mate he went oh for god's sake not another pressure washer (laughs) so there's this this in joke with all these pressure washers but um i bought my first one i then sent it to my um the host of the podcast uh the old specky because his one broke (laughs) so i sent him my old one I ended up with another new one, which I bought myself, and then ended up with this one. And I've got another one there, and I've got another one sat behind me, which is from another company, which I've reviewed as well. That wasn't that one didn't go quite so well, and they had to send me a spare part for that one. But it all makes for great content. So yeah, yeah, it's good fun. See, because I've got a pressure washer, but what I don't have is a hose that's long enough to get from the garden tap at the back all the way around to the front house. So I just go out of a bucket now, and I discovered that after I'd spent like eighty odd quid on a special offer pressure hose. Uh, pressure washers go go to screw fix you'll get a nice long hose and screw fix how, how long is a garden uh i probably need a 30 meter hose it's it's not it's because the hose screw fix. is round the back and i've got to oh, get, okay. when you go around to the front and then and it's the same with electric cables and stuff like that and it's just like ah i right, you know what, okay. i'll just fill up a bucket <laughs> but yeah i know i know luckily it's winter so i don't have to do much at the moment it's no. a Another thing I wanted to, because I didn't think we'd intentionally get onto this, but is you actually, I just recently seen that you've asked about getting a new YouTube logo. And well, because one of my original, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. One of my original questions was about your YouTube logo. Um, well, I've actually, yeah, there's two logos actually. It's my, it's my YouTube logo, uh, the Paul on Details one. And we've also got a podcast one, which we're not going to release just yet. That's under mm. wraps. Um, yeah, the, the podcast loader kind of needs a little bit of updating. Um, it but it spins by, and it's shiny. And it's yeah, just like... this is this was actually done by Jamie, that runs Details Passions. He's a very very clever guy. Then the guy that designs the merch, this is quite funny, is our mechanic, 
so he he owns a company called uh, Midnight Prince, and his name oh. is Dan. So I have him on my WhatsApp as Dan Midnight Prince, and he's a what very, a very clever guy. Yeah, he's a very very clever guy. Um, it's one of those people. He's I didn't think if you looked at him, you think he's just a mechanic, but yeah, when he does designs for you, you just think. How did he do that? Yeah. Uh, he's done my T-shirts, my hats. Um, he's done everything for me. It's funny, um, isn't it? Because you see what he can do and you're like, how did you become a mechanic? How do you, how are you not doing this? Well, I said this to him. I said, mate, because uh, we ended up with the mugs and everything and the key rings. I did the merch with him. And I said, mate, you, you really did, you're really good at this. You've like, missed the boat. And he's like, yeah, but I haven't really got time to do it. Because he, he'll literally do, because um, he works in a tyre fitter's. And then he works as a mechanic in the afternoon doing his own mechanics. So he's got a van and everything, all the, all the equipment's on it. And he'll come around your house and do it. And then the other side of his business is the printing. So he'll do, you know, embroidery stuff, flyers, yeah. you name it, key, like key rings, pet, all the stuff there is to do with printing. But there isn't quite enough work for him to go full-time in doing the printing. But yeah, he, this was the, so the logo was designed by a guy that <laughs> polishes boats and sells detailing products. And this was done by a mechanic. It's, it's cool because I loved it. As soon as I seen it, I was watching it. I was just like, I want that logo. I, I want a spinny <laughs> silver. Because I've got like a picture off Canva, which is just a microphone. And it just says the David. And I was just like, at the time, because I did it myself, I was like, oh, I'm really impressed with that. And then I, like I said, like, you know, six, you know, 50 odd episodes later, and I, I'm watching one of your videos. And I'm just like, bastard that's a fucking <laughs> i want that i want something i want a good logo now well the, the intro the intro there was another old intro I used to have one a car doing a burnout and then it would show my name and that was the original logo and that was in the really older that was the older videos i've still got the, the, the clip it's on my documents and and then he said oh you need a new one he said this isn't this isn't really detail related i've actually got a couple of outros as well with my name drops in water and it makes the noise and all the water flies out of the way. This, this isn't making me one. feel better about mine. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I said to him, how did you do that? He went, oh, you know, he's like, oh, you know. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, all right, okay. And he, he sat for days and doing it and very, very clever guy. There is some, we've got a lot, the, one of the things which I'm really passionate about is is the smaller cottage industries. And yeah. Example, there is a, I'll just show you this. And here. So this, I reached out to this company. They're called Knockout 3D, and they they made this, and this is a carpet stencil. So I put this on people's mats, and I vacuum over the top, and it leaves my name in their mats. That is so cool. It's it's clever, and this is all designed on a CAD and then 3D yeah. printed. And he's there's a towel rail over there, and he made these things, and he's got his name in there. If you can see that yeah. on the camera, yeah, and that's a brush holder. So that bit hooks on the bucket. And then you just put your brushes in it. Um, sneaky peek these, because these are going to be for the Christmas video. Um, he's got wax applicator holders and all sorts of stuff. And he said, I really want... He said, do you fancy doing some work together? I'm like, yeah, great. He said, have you got any ideas? We'll have a, we'll have a chat. And I've got a few ideas for some bits and pieces. But And that's what's great about the small businesses in this country. We've got some incredible businesses. All the brackets in this garage were made by a, um, a guy that I know. And he knew someone that had a metal press and had a machine and they just decided selling them. So all the racking, the bottles there, yeah. it's all from the U all from the UK, all from small businesses. That's right. There is yeah, I'm I'm massively if I can find I call them hidden gems. If I can find yeah. a company that does stuff that's nobody's seen before, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna latch onto that because that looks really good. 
sometimes works 90% of the time. doesn't always work, though. Some people just go, yeah, that's garbage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But it is, do you know what I mean? It is, like you say, there's this thing, that there's something about, you know, it's probably the same in the boating industry. I've your friend who does a yacht dealer tailing and stuff and the car industry, but there's all these crossovers and everything that they have in common is the passion. You know, I, I used to go like, yeah. I used to every year or not every year, but yeah, for a period of time, every year I'd go to at least one Volkswagen show and eventually you realize you, you are seeing the same products, the same people, but you're yeah. also sharing the passion. You know, but yeah. once you've done like Volksfest or Vanfest, I don't know what they call, I can't remember what they call it now, and, and and then you do like you know VW World, and and you, and you do then you start going around the country doing different ones. Some are bigger, some are smaller, some are big yeah, three day events. And all that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's the only one I never did. I never did Bug Jam. I never got up to there. I, I don't know, not for any particular reason. I just kind of had done enough shows by that time that I never got up to Bug Jam. But I believe it's one of the better ones. You know. Yeah. Yeah, we did, I think we did the, the Jimmy's Farm one, because that's near us, that's in Suffolk, and I can never remember the name of it. It was quite a big one. Um, there used to be, I don't know if they're going to start it up. I'm, I live near I live near Salisbury, and just around the corner is Wilton, and they used to do, the Earl of Pembroke did a supercar festival every year. And I don't know if oh. it's, yeah, I'm not, uh, I think it was called the Festival of Cars, it might have been the Festival of Cars, um, but they did like supercars every year. And I don't know if he's planning on redoing that, um, moving into like next year or the year after, I suppose it, yeah. you know none of us know where we're going or what we're doing, do we? It's, no, absolutely, no. You know, so I'm going to finish very briefly, but I just wanted to ask you like one last thing, and this is a magic one scenario. Borrow, is, is it? Is it? Can I borrow some shampoo? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. I still got. It's, it's raining, so I'm all good for product. I'm all good in detailing. <laughs> But I, I will say, if there's anybody out there who's listening to this, if you if you want to come on a podcast, message me because I actually I always need guests, so so I'll, I'll haul myself out for that. You can do pl product placements as much as you want because um, I need guests. Um, but no, I want you to imagine it's a magic wand scenario. You can go back to the right. '80s, right? You can go back to oh. the '80s. Yeah. Right. What are you driving, and what are you listening to? Oh, that's a good one. Um, a blue Olympian blue Mark One RS, RS. This is very Pacific That's RS two thousand, nineteen seventy three, and probably listening to White Snake, yeah, and long hair because I used to have a lot of hair, <laughs> <laughs> and I and, and I'd probably be sad and have it in a ponytail, <laughs> and that is definitely the perfect place to stop. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, David. It's been an absolute pleasure. So that was this Brilliant. episode of David Watson Podcast with Paul. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed talking to him. If you really did enjoy it, please take the time to check him out on social media. Follow him, hassle him, and ask for that Spotify playlist. And as discussed, I will put all of the links in the description. And please check out everything that Paul does and feel free to like and subscribe to both of us. Thank you for listening. Take care.